Welcome, I'm Luca Reedy, the host of the Feeling Alive podcast. Thank you for being here. Look, I'm going to be straight up honest here. Right now, we are a race desperately seeking fulfillment and truth in our life. And I, for one, have been in the depths of emptiness myself. And let me tell you this, it can get dark down there, but you can get out of it. So I've made it my mission to bring you guests that are inspiring, thought-provoking, and even radical in their belief systems, which are going to leave you feeling empowered, fulfilled, and ready to leap into your true self. It's time to awaken to a new way of being. Your true potential exists right now. You only need to go and find it. And before we get stuck into this next episode, I wanted to just take a short bit of your time and let you know what I've got offered for people listening to this now. So I'm very passionate about healing the emotions, very passionate about giving you a platform to start seeing your truth. And so what I have decided to do is get some more information out there that will be able to help you on that journey, that self-discovery journey. So I've got a free five-day course with an ebook called Changing Your Reality, which is talking about the mechanisms that are in your environment and within you that are holding you back or stopping you from getting to your destination, to your dream goal, to your ideal future, your ideal reality. And the ebook goes into the depths of it. There's also a fielding meditation. And this is created based on my own experience of looking at my own energy and doing the healing of my past, which was creating a conditioned program that could only limit me a specific environment or a specific manifestation of a reality based on all the shit that I've carried on my past and when I realized that I could disconnect and I I started to learn about the mechanisms that was making that happen I started shaking that shit because that's not how I want to live when I bring my kids into this world or how I want to be interacting with my family and friends in the future and on that note I've also just started to open up to some limited spaces for mentoring so one-on-one mentoring where we go on this energetic guidance over eight weeks and we do use the quantum world and we we heal the past and we heal the story that's been holding us back and make sense of us to give us meaning and not only that we I give you accountability coaching to help you work towards your goals and what action you need to take in the right direction and not any old action that's the right action in the right direction so finding your alignment and then also using my spirituality and my understanding of consciousness and the universe and interjecting that into your life so you can start seeing more meaning on a daily basis and so I've got a limited amount of spots and this is going to be for an eight-week course eight-week program with weekly zoom calls Um, I'm in Bali so it has to be zoom but if you are in Bali or you're in Bali during that eight-week period more than welcome to do them in person they're just as effective and I can help you break down the barriers break down the limiting beliefs break down the condition program and help you find more meaning on the way to your goals and dreams. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this next episode very shortly, which is powerful. And if you resonate with that, then you can see, you can take the next action and see down in the show notes for uh, more information. So thank you very much and enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode, a very special episode of Feeling Alive with Luca Reedy. Today marks a very monumental day. Today we are doing a Q&A style where I will be doing the A, answering questions from my beautiful partner, Danielle Kettlewell. She 
um, will be pretty much probing me today on a topic that is, I guess, somewhat of an anniversary for me today, or this, this month. And we're going to be talking about 12 months alcohol-free, being sober for 12 months, and that, how that journey came about for myself. Um, it was February last year, actually in Bali, when I had my last beer, and I decided to go 12 months alcohol-free, and now I'm back in Bali living alcohol-free. And that, for me, for, for my friend, for my friends listening to this is a huge, a huge um, success considering my journey, my story. And that also brings me to my next point of why I'm here doing a story or a Q&A on me. Because those of you listening have heard a lot about other people. I've been interviewing a lot of other people about how they can, how you can feel alive from within and all those topics that associate with that. However, People have been requesting to hear more about me. What's my story? What do I have to offer? Why am I doing this and all of that? So every week I'm going to give you one of these episodes. I think I'm gonna do them every Tuesday. And then we'll pick a topic and go from there and I'll talk a little bit more about my story and my wisdom that I have to offer this world. And without further ado, I wanna bring forward, welcome my co-host today, (laughs) my beautiful partner. Who will be has already told me some of the questions she's got for me, probing me down this path of uh, bringing out the truth from within me. She hears a lot of this sort of stuff anyway, so it's nice. So she sort of knows where to go, and it's nice for her to have the questions to bring out this wisdom for everyone else listening to this right now. So without further ado, hello, darling. Hello. It's nice to be here and nice to be on the other side. And it's cool to finally be doing this because I think we've chatted about this for a while. Like we have, I think uh, many people do, but we have really good conversations together. And mm. we've kind of like, I literally about a year ago, I think he said to me, like, we just got to like put a microphone down and, and record these because the way that um, kind of me and you converse and um, you talk about things is is interesting and hopefully people would find that fascinating so it's Mm. cool to be on on this side of it and actually um have you in the hot seat finally um because i've been in the hot seat lots but now it's your turn and i think what's really cool about um you have a really fascinating journey you have a really fascinating life and you have really interesting perspectives and it's nice that you know people are actually finally getting the chance to hear you know why you came to this point because you've had a uh, life with a varied experiences and you've gone really deep within that has led you to this place where now we are both living in Bali like and cut the bridges and um, to and are going after our dream um, together and um yeah I'm, I'm excited to be sitting here and and to be chatting with you so i think the the obvious first question really is what led you to be wanting to do one year alcohol free because you know i think it, it, it depends where you're listening in the world but if you have um you know are familiar with australian culture anyone would know that it is very alcohol based you know a lot of especially for men it's like let's go to the pub and have a beer all holidays revolve around drinking it's really really has a very heavy drinking culture which sometimes can have really negative impacts on Mm. the especially in the men in the country so you know i think as a female doing a year alcohol free you know a lot of women obviously you know get pregnant and stuff so it's not as difficult but 
about being a man doing alcohol free, especially on the back of what I think is important to recognize is like you were not you're not an addict, right? You're not you're not doing a year alcohol free because you had an addiction mm. to alcohol, but you are doing this out of like a mental challenge for yourself, which I think is really fascinating because when people hear a year sober, they kind of sometimes make the assumption that oh he was an addict, mm -hmm. um, which hasn't been your journey. So what led you to wanting to do a year alcohol free? Mm. Thank you, darling. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that I wasn't an addict in the sense as we know addicts, and I'm not certainly, however, I could be an alcoholic if I had not got to the path or the place where I am now. Um, if we go back to the very early days, like I'm, I'm 29 now, so we, let's go back to my early 20s. I was just like any other Australian young early 20s guy just drinking and partying mm. majority of australians do that majority of people do that early 20s early um late teens i started early i had my mm. first vodka cruiser at 13 14. Like, i think that's it wild like what we've said too is it's not it's not a bad thing like sometimes you have to experience that to come out on the other side I think, in real life. Yeah, yeah totally and i think you're probably going to guide the 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 q a down that way anyway but so what what led me initially to going 12 months alcohol free was purely a mental challenge. I had already been four months alcohol free for while I was training for state uh, state titles in touch football in Western Australia. We had a big tournament uh, in February and I had decided while I was training at the end of the year before, so that was February last year, so the year, the year prior to that, I stopped, stopped drinking because I wanted to just dedicate myself to my training, my sprinting, I wanted to get super fit, super fast. I was doing a lot of work with a personal trainer, a lot of sprint work. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. Because at that point, I was getting out of um, leaving sort of my old life behind where I was like traveling overseas, partying, drinking, drugs, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. But then my old social group were still doing that. My friends, at that, like the friends that I spent my, the, the, the friends that I spent predominantly most of my time with were doing that. And at that point, <clears throat> I was like, okay, this gives me an excuse if I'm training for state titles. I can say no to like going out and getting hammered because if you don't have an excuse, why, why would you? Why would you not drink? And so that was my initial excuse. And then I was like, at the end of state titles, four, at the end of that four months, I'm going to get hammered like on the, on the grand final day, like when we were sitting back watching the Div Division One men's grand final on the hill. And I did, I got friggin' hammered and I was like, eight beers in and I didn't know where I ended up and I was out in the suburbs bloody late at night eastern suburbs of Perth late at night and then I wake up in the morning I'm like where the hell did I go last night and I'm like oh shit that was that was a big night and I don't feel well and so then a couple of days later I went to Bali and I was with my cousin and I was like oh I'm not really drinking bro I hope you don't mind with this trip and he was 18 and uh, I wanted to take him to Bali to get like the spiritual trip and like mm -hmm. explore on a different level, especially at that age. And so we did all the things like went to the sound healing, went all, to all the um, meditation and, and yoga classes and whatever and showed him around. And I remember sitting there, I was like, let's have a beer. Let's just have one beer. We're about to get the boat over to the, another island. And I had that one beer with him. I was like, this is cool, man. This is nice to have a beer with you. And he's like, yeah, same. And then a couple of, I think it was the next day, I ended up having a beer in the middle of the day. We went out in the morning and I had this, I had this one bintang and I'm like, it was like 12 o'clock in the day and I had it and then it was just like, felt like shit. 
distorted, not clear, not focused. And I was like, if I wanted to meditate right now, I couldn't. And I'm like, I'm going through this stage where I want to connect deeper to myself. I want to be more fulfilled and enthusiastic on a Sunday morning instead of being hungover. I want to go out, rise early every day. So I'm like, alcohol is literally stopping me from doing that. Mm. So I'm like, I'm big on the mental challenge, mental discipline, cultivating discipline. So I'm like, stuff it. And as you know, when I want to do something, I just do it. You do it a thousand percent. It's very impressive. When I've decided to do it, I'll do it. Like this podcast, I was like, nah, this is happening. And I just put everything into it. When I went vegan, I was like, nah, this is happening. Mm. Done that day. When I quit smoking, done that day. When I did stop doing drugs, done that day. It's like I get to a point, I'm like, this is happening. So I I decided, I was like, that's it. I'm going to stop now. Mm. And I was like, I'll mark my calendar 12 months to the day. I'll do it for one year. I'll stop drinking. And it was... Yeah, that was really it. The underlying message was to, 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 to show myself that I can do this. And if I can do this, I can do friggin' anything. And, mm. if I, and if I can do this and show people that, you know, to get to this point where you don't need alcohol as much as I used to, you, you, you have the opportunity to do it yourself. Mm. And I think, like, it, it's really interesting hearing the end of that, that story for you. And I think what would be fascinating to hear as well is kind of the... Um, the the beginning of it because you know that that's where you were when you got to a point of many years of you know possibly abusing alcohol drinking a lot um having those party moments see i think that many people have experienced in their life but you know beyond that what we've spoken about um and, and very much agreed on is the fact that alcohol is a connector for people and i think the dangerous part of when you rely on it is it's when it you rely on alcohol as the only way to open up you know because everyone like everyone loves having a nice drunk dnm where you cry and tell your best friend how much you love them but then you like open up and share your heart secrets and you've never talked about this stuff before and the next day everyone kind of (coughs) sorry um, pretends that nothing's ever happened so like what were the moments leading up to that point because yeah you got to that point about a year ago when you're like okay i'm done you know i want to create this mental challenge for myself but what were kind of the the symbols along the journey for you where you had moments of of being like there's got to be other ways to connect as as a man as um with your friends in any way does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah totally so it's a good question very deep question thank you challenging you yeah (laughs) you know there was it's funny because it has been a journey for me like i said i did party hard i was drinking from 14 um and it was I was bred into that drinking culture. I grew up in a in a Maori family, and and they party a lot. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. culture. There is also a lot of like drinking and socialising through that process. And so I saw it from a young age, and especially being in mining communities, small town communities, it's the same deal. Mm. It's just drinking, man. Like, uh, uh, so all I knew was to do that, and that was the way to socialise. So I did it from a very young age. Grew up through my late teens, playing footy, getting beers after the footy, mm. going to watch the footy, having beers, um, and I like to be honest, I didn't not like it. I loved it. I loved mm. doing all that, and that was going through into my twenties. And I remember some of the greatest times I ever had was with my my mates, drinking and partying and socialising, and like I did a tour with my mate around America for we planned for a year with my mate Blair and we we got hammered for a long time like a big point period of that mm. and I and some of the best experiences I've ever had 
However, when you see it so much in your life, there becomes this like self-reliance on it. And that's what I was seeing to a point where I was get to an age, right? And I'm like, I think it's like in the mid twenties, people get to this point. Most people, and you and you sort of go, you start reflecting on your life. You're like, all right, where am I going to get a job? Where am I going to like? What's my career? What's my purpose? What's my path? Um, I don't, I don't really know where I want to go. And so you start questioning these things of your future, and you start questioning, what do I need to do to get there? Mm. And that was me all the time. And so then I started realizing alcohol wasn't serving that purpose. And I would say things like, oh, on a Sunday morning, hungover, I'd be like, fuck, I'm never drinking again. Hmm. And Which many people have said. Which many people have said. I said it over and over and over. And yeah. then it's like, it's a joke. It's like, oh, I thought you said you're never drinking again. You're having a beer on a Saturday or a Sunday in Scarbs for a Sunday session. You're just like, yeah, whatever. That's never going to happen. And I did that so many, so, so many times. But... I also had a very unique relationship and I think there might be people listening to this is where a lot I was I grew up in a domestic violent household and that was solely caused on alcohol Mm. and alcohol was and I found out only you know like many years later in my late 20s why alcohol was the root cause of that sorry was the problem behind that Mm. the root cause was actually um very very significant and deep uh it's it was yeah i won't go too much into it but like it there was a reason why my stepfather was drinking a lot of alcohol and then that rage and anger came out in alcohol so i didn't have a healthy relationship with it it wasn't Mm. like um a beer on after work and just like sit down and kick your feet up and have a healthy home it was like a very toxic home mm. so that were the big symbols mm. connecting to that right and then so i remember just quickly came to my head i was nine years old or ten years old and I, was, I grew up in the pilbara in western australia at this point tom price and i remember going to my stepfather at the back it was just me and him at home and um, and he was in like the study area and i went down to the room and i'm like hey bevan can i have a beer and I was 10 and he's like I don't give a shit what you do Mm. and I was like oh and he was like I had an angry tone to him but I was like cool I'm going to the fridge grabbing that so I think it was like a swan draft like horrible 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 (laughs) beer Um, and I remember taking it out the front this is like 4 or 5 p.m. in the evening and I took it out the front of our house and I sat near this big tree at the front of our house and I just drank it um, like how did you feel in that moment? It tastes like, like shit. I, I took yeah. one sip and I tipped it out. But then I didn't, I didn't recall on like, I didn't recall whether that was right or wrong. Mm. I just thought, shit, this is interesting that I'm able to do this. I was 10 years old and I had a beer out the front, front lawn. Mm. Anyone could have drove past. That was the time when people come home from work. And then mm. I just remember like pouring it out and then just like throwing it away. Do you think it had like some attachment to like your own independence and sovereignty and freedom as well? Because like no one cared what you did, so you had the ability to do that. So therefore, like Mm. moving forward in your life, you attach it to that feeling. Mm -hmm. There's many reasons why things happen. And, you know, one big reason is why probably why that happened was because they knew I was going to. But they talk about they, let's talk about like the divine or power or whatever Mm. it is, God or whoever you talk to is like, your path was laid out in front of you that experience was there to one to show me um the problems of alcohol so i have this podcast and talk about it right now with you like that Mm. was potentially lining up for that the bugs agree with me yeah um (laughs) bali problems (laughs) yeah and 
Yeah, so I, you know, I got to a point where I realized, fuck, I need, I need alcohol. Like I'm constantly relying on alcohol in my early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, you, you look back at your life and it was, it was always there. So of course I need it. It's a big part of my life. Mm. But then the self-development journey came along and I'm like, no, nah, I want to start making money. I want to start businesses. I want to earn, like, like I want to have a good family. That mm. was a big one. I want to have my kids. I do not want my kids to feel like they are not loved and sitting out in the front yard with a beer can. Mm. That's like a no-brainer. They'll be out there with a kombucha maybe <laughs> or a green Together smoothie. Together as a family. Or a barefoot on the grass meditating oh, and we're all playing happy. out the front. <laughs> like, you know, whatever that is, but they're definitely not with a beer out in the front. Mm. Um, and so I started making these questions and I'm like, oh, sorry, I started asking these questions. I'm like, this isn't right. Like, I, I can't be doing this. I can't be doing this. And then I mm. kept saying, no, nah, I'm not drinking tonight, guys. Like, I won't I won't back it up. That was the next step. I won't back it up. So mm. the Friday night I'd go out, but the Saturday night I wouldn't. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, it won't back oh, it up. So you go back and back to back, you know. Or, you know, if you're really crazy and you're on holidays or whatever, you have mm. the three-day bender. So you'd like cut. So what led you to getting to the point of a year is you kind of slowly started to like unintegrate it from your life. That's I don't know if that's a word. So you, so you would have days where you like you drink and then you wouldn't drink. Is that kind of how you like weaned off of it to a yeah. degree? Yeah. So instead of like every Friday sad day mm. smashing it, it would be like okay, this week it's just a Friday. Mm. Um, and then you would have one or two of those weekends a month. Maybe even just every six months you'd have one or two weekends of those. Especially going in the country, right? It's mm. like you're not drinking, you're a pussy. <laughs> um, what's wrong with you? You're like, you're, you're really sick. Yeah. Um, and then I just kept going and going and going on to that. And then I realized I've got shit to do in this life. Mm. Like I went away, traveled for a year. And I did a lot of cocaine, a lot of alcohol, especially when it's cheaper than alcohol going through South America. Mm. And um, I, I just got to a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm. Like I, I've got shit to do. I want to do it. Oh, I've got a big mission. I want to do something. I want to make an impact. I want to have... Mm. I want to inspire and empower people and and so I started going within and started learning more about it, about myself and slowly and slowly I started to realize that alcohol was something for me, it was, it was alcohol for me was something that allowed me to connect with who I am and who, who those are around me. It's this tool of connection. Mm. We need alcohol to dance. Right, mm, liquid we, courage as liquid well. Courage. It's because we can't like cultivate the courage within ourselves, so we mm-hmm. need that external substance to get us there. Exactly, liquid courage is a big one, and um, even just to like hooking up with a chick, or you want to have that, be empowered and have that self belief, and mm. to go up there and go and talk with the chick. So I like I needed it to do all these things, and I realized, holy shit! Like I I need this for a lot of things in my life. Like I can't dance without it. Mm. I think I remember doing salsa lessons mm-hmm. and before I went to South America and I was like, I'm going to do salsa, I'm going to be good at it. And I was just feeling so, first, awkward as hell, like doing salsa lessons with no alcohol or dancing with no alcohol, but then you realize, oh, this is normal. And so that started like piercing through that like possibility of having having a life without alcohol. Mm. And I'm like, oh wait, I actually don't need it to dance. But then I realized when I'm not around that salsa crew, I still needed it to dance. And so you started slowly building that mar- muscle of courage. Yeah. Um, and it's like a tool of comfort almost, right? It's like that security blanket that it's like, oh, I can do it if I have this. A hundred percent. And then I got to a point where I was like doing more, reading more books, going deeper within myself, doing more self-development work that I ended up signing up for a, 
So when I moved to um, Canada with my ex Haley, Haley and I we we would we didn't drink that much, not as much as we used to. Like we'd have a cider on the weekend and stuff, but we never partied hard. Like we'd have the occasional party. When we moved to Canada, that was after our traveling down through Central and South America, mm. and we were starting the business, the coffee van, and we would have like a awesome, like we'd have a cider after on a Saturday after a big day at the markets, and that was so fun. Coming back yeah. having some ciders, but we'd never get freaking hammered. So it started the shift then. And um, I remember we were doing a big trip down through the States in our van. And I didn't drink. I didn't drink through that. We didn't. We barely drank. Actually, we'd have like the occasional bottle of red wine that we'd buy from Trader Joe's because it was so cheap and awesome. And they had organic ones and vegan ones. Actually, no, they didn't have. I wasn't vegan then, so they didn't, we didn't worry about that. But they did have vegan wines, which was like sick. And. Um, we didn't drink as much and we read a lot of books, we listened to a lot of podcasts and then we ended up looking at signing up for a Vipassana meditation. We'd heard about it like a year or two before. I'm like, I'm going to go do this 10 day silent retreat where all you do is meditate. Um, you don't have no eye contact, no reading, no writing. Guys and girls are separated. You have two meals a day and you pretty much meditate for 12 hours a day. And I remember looking at the itinerary going, shit, that's hectic. Mm. Like, I don't know if we can do this. And then we ended up signing up for it and doing it later that year. That was the huge shift for me. That was the end of 2017, uh, December 2017 we did that. And I just saw for the first time where emotions actually, pl how emotions play a huge role in your life. Like huge role. Where they were fine, where I finally realized they were stored in the body. That mm. I wasn't stuck with all my past memories and experiences in my life. So for me, having all these experiences with my stepfather um, for about eight years, like that was quite a challenging period for myself, my mum and my sister. Mm. And I just thought I'd have to deal with them. Like no one told me you can release that shit. No one told me you can heal. It wasn't a thing. And then I realised you can. And that they, they teach it. It's like an, it's a Buddhist philosophy. It's a, it's, it was in the Vipassana technique. They didn't teach it as like a dogma type thing. They just said, look, this is what they call, they call it sankaras. And that, that opened something else up for me, which is obviously what led me to this path now. Mm. And I moved back to us. We ended up drinking. I didn't stop drinking at that point, but I just realized that there was emotions that were playing a big role in my life. And so we had New Year's that in, in Banff, Canada that year before we flew back to Australia to finally live. And I was drinking still there. But that was the first time I actually said no to cocaine. Mm. which was crazy which was, would have been a big thing for you uh-huh that was the first time i ever said no to free drugs <laughs> and how do you deal because i think this is the thing that a lot of people deal with is the fact that maybe they don't want to drink or do drugs or have the social pressure or whatever but then they're afraid of the reaction of the person that's offering or the people that are around them when they say no mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like we can be strong enough to say no I'm good but then the on the other side someone goes oh like you said before oh what do you like what are you a pussy like what, mm. what's wrong like you don't want to like uh, is it not good enough for you or are you too good for this and then people mm. kind of like start to make fun of you in those situations can which can be so hard and you have to stand so much in your own like self-reverence to yeah. be able to hold your um values mm. and like how in those situations did people treat you like that when you started to say no at those little points mm -hmm. and like how how did you deal with that and especially how did it make you feel when people's reactions 
it, like it, it's interesting and we've had these conversations before it's funny when you bring stuff up like that when you're like I don't want to drink it almost like you probe at an insecurity in someone else being because then they think that you're judging them for them drinking when really it's just your own decision to not drink yourself yeah but then they get they insecure take it yeah yeah so how did you de- start to deal with that when you started to say those no's it was interesting I think my mate Blair for this he's probably going to be listening to this too he's a uh, you know, me and having having a mate like him, he would always support my decisions. Mm. He still does. Um, he was the guy who I'd, I've known. I met when I was 21, working on a mine site. He just flown, lived, moved over from Tasmania. Um, me and him, I saw him at the airport. I'd just flown in for my first ever shift there. I was yeah, 20, like I hadn't even turned 21 yet, and I saw him. I was like, he looks cool. Let's have a yarn, and we become best friends from that point to the point where we're still mates and um, we went traveling around the world together went on yeah. a big journey together but he if I ever said I didn't want to drink he would be like cool and if he wanted to drink and I wanted to drink if I wanted to if he didn't want to drink I would totally support that mm. but we would almost like we did the same with drugs to be honest like if he was going to have a big one I'm like Blair never has big ones I'm in with him because I know we're on the same la- like wavelength, wavelength playing yeah. field and so having him around was a blessing for that's that. really lucky because not everyone has not that. everyone has that one yeah. mate that right supports you and doesn't take the piss out of you and in saying that um he so that our, our group we all grew we all from our early 20s the same group we partied hard we drank we we did and we had a lot of fun that's the thing but then when I was starting to change and I was starting to go, no, I don't want to drink, specifically when he got married, so 28, what's the year now? 20, it's so 2018 he got yeah. married. And um, this was the, the year in particular where I was shifting the most, where I was saying no to drinking, where I started training more heavily. Um, and I had that four months off alcohol-free mm. in October. And so he had his wedding in that June that year. And I remember... Um, saying to my ex I'm like oh shit it's going to be a big one like I've gone vegan already so I'm making a decision for my health Mm. and I didn't and I knew that we're going to have a big one for the Bucks party I knew it was going to be huge and so I was like shit I'm just surrendering to this process and I know like Blair's there my mate's there and we're going to just do it but the six months before that and the six months after that I wasn't drinking as much and like Mm. partying as hard I still was, but like mainly in the first half of the year. But I started noticing that the less I decided to go with the crew and and go on a Sunday sesh with them, the less I would get invited. Mm. Um, that that can be hard too, as 100%, well. Like on your because you, you start to it's like you have this weird thing where it's like you don't really want to go, but you also want to be invited. Yeah. And then you start to lose your friend group. Yeah, so that's 100%. Like a whole different that was really hard. That was actually really challenging knowing they were out partying and stuff. But then I was like, oh, well, I don't have to say no. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go to and, and get on the piss. Um, mainly because I was so, like, so focused on my own growth at that point and my own health and my own journey that it was a little bit uncomfortable. But Blair never let me go. Like, he was always inviting me to things and we'd always go and do like a workout in the morning, mm-hmm. go get a coffee. And I'm really grateful for that. None of the boys said anything to me personally or judged me for it. Um, personally, like to my face yeah. or anything. No one. And that's and that's and that was really a blessing. Mm. Um, but if I just didn't, I just decided not to put myself in that arena. Mm. And You don't put yourself in the environment where it is difficult. Uh-huh. 
It's like so, the alcoholic doesn't go to the bar every day. Exactly. Like if you 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 got to change your environment. So I didn't. Mm. I didn't put myself in that arena. So I didn't cop the heat. But if those people are listening right now and they're like, don't have that mate as Blair, and which we call Mad Dog. We don't have Mad Dog as your <laughs> mate. And Mad Dog isn't gonna like support you at with around the boys and go nah support you brother, and you don't have that mate so. It's gonna be a little challenging, but here's what you gotta do. You gotta connect with your your friggin' why. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Why? What's your reason behind it? I had an excuse. Sometimes it's nice to have that excuse. Four months, I was yeah. like, I'm not training. I'm, I'm not drinking while I'm training for state titles, and after state titles, I'm getting hammered. So I had the excuse. So then people understood. People yeah. got it. And and through this period, like, don't don't not drink because you think it's bad for your body. Stop drinking if you absolutely need it every day. Mm. It's, yeah. I'm not saying, my, this podcast is not, a, not about supporting people to live a non-alcoholic life or a non, non-alcohol related life. It's about not needing alcohol the way you used to need it. And I think as well, like, sorry to interrupt, but your point as well is like, you shouldn't, the goal is to not need alcohol to be a person that can be the best version of self, to be someone that has courage, to be someone that um, is able to connect. Like you, the goal is to be able to do that by yourself mm-hmm. and alcohol can be a byproduct of that in celebratory or, you know, reasons if, if you just enjoy it, but it shouldn't be your crutch, 100%. right? Is that that's where you were wanting to get Never to. Never a crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize actually there's so much more, there's something deeper under there because when you let go of alcohol, your crutch becomes something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going a little bit off, tr- off topic here, but don't crave it so much. Well, just be aware that if you do crave it, to try and monitor those restrictions. And you've got to take action. But like I said, if you come back to your why, why are you doing this? Do you mm. is it because you want to have an impact in this life and you want to have a healthy body for your to, so you can bring children into this world? Um, so you don't so you have the most healthy non-toxic genetics and DNA and internal organs that you can possibly have. Like mm. the liver cops are beating in Australia. Mm. And what was your why? I don't know if you said that for the year. Well, like, like so if you looked at all the symbols, the yeah. big reason was to not have my children so disconnected from their parents through mm. alcohol. Yeah. Um, to not have... You know, to, to be honest, a big, like there's so many different reasons now. The first one was for health and for my family. I didn't want to replicate what I'd grown up in, the same mm. environment that I'd grown up in. And the other one was, I wanted to have, um, I wanted to have more impact. So I wanted to feel good. Yeah. And to feel good, I had to be healthy. So if I wanted to do shit on a Sunday morning, go for a hike, which makes me feel good, which changes my environment, which changes my life, and it's, mm. that's what exactly your energy works with the law of attraction. Like everyone's watched The Secret, everyone heard the law of, has heard of the law of attraction. So if your energy is off and shitty and depressed and mm. sad, which happens, the cycle, this is a cycle of drinking alcohol, right, the next day, yeah. you, you can't create a better life. Yeah. So I'm not saying mm. don't go out and drink. And I'm not saying I'm never going to go out and drink. I'm just going to say stop needing alcohol mm. so much. Yeah, that's a, a really beautiful point. And um, I think that, you know, the converse, some of the conversations that we've had over the past year are 
interesting because I'm not somebody that has had that crutch. Like, ironically, for people that don't know, my family is in the alcohol yeah. business, yeah. alcohol and <laughs> cannabis business in yeah, Canada, sorry, which is which is legal. So this has been an interesting conversation for me and Luca because that's literally what you walked away from is my, how my family um, creates business and, and income and mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurship in Canada. So that's been interesting, but I'm not somebody who has had that experience and I can easily walk away mm-hmm. you know, from, from drinking. And, and maybe this is more of a thing amongst women because we don't have as much cultural push towards it. Not necessarily everyone, that's just my experience. I mean, as well, being an athlete for many years, I just didn't have the opportunity to do those heavy binges. So one of my concerns that we've had, not concerns, but conversations over the past year is, is this going to be forever? Because maybe someday, yeah, yeah. like, you know, I would love to have a glass of red yeah, wine with you, totally. but you're someone that doesn't drink because maybe for a while, did you think that it made you a better person? Did you think that you were you were better than other people for not drinking? Um, or like was it just the pride for you to stand on this fact that you're like oh no i haven't drank in this many years um hmm. you know, I, I don't really no, know no, if that's no, a question but yeah. you, you know those are conversations that we've had am i ever have, gonna am i ever gonna yeah drink are you again? ever gonna drink again it's hard to say yeah it's hard to say to be honest because because my interests and my reasons have changed now around yeah. it uh, i've seen a 12 i've seen what 12 months of no alcohol can do to me i've mm. literally shifted my whole life I've uh, had more courage and bravery in in those moments where I would need alcohol than ever before. Mm. So where alcohol would give me courage and bravery, I would... You've had to cultivate. Yeah. Which like, is awesome. So I can speak in front of big crowds. I can hold myself well speaking on stage and whatever it is. Whereas that would never be the case with Luke a couple of years ago. Mm. Like alcohol would need to be a big part of his life to make himself known to a big crowd mm. publicly, right? So, um, but my interests have changed now. So, like, a big reason why I don't drink alcohol now is purely energetically. Mm. So, uh, I think it'd be interesting for you to, like, to explain that as well. Like, what what you find, because you are someone, if you you guys don't know, Luca is someone who has very um, beautiful intuitive gifts. And you have the ability to kind of tap into people's energies and understand how they're feeling and their emotions and stuff like that. And, you know, your mom has psychic capabilities. And, like, how have you found that in an energetic sense has affected or not affected you? Which is funny because it's just ironic that they got stronger in the last 12 months. Mm, Interesting. You know, and that was the very reason I remember saying to myself, when I had that last Bintang beer <laughs> on Nusa Penita Island was I um, didn't want I didn't want I wanted to if I wanted to be able to meditate and connect with myself I wouldn't have been able to because it would have been like distorted mm. my focus wouldn't have been in there and I could feel the distinct difference with my energy at that point that was the very first moment I realized that so now as I've like the last 12 months I've got a deeper spiritual practice and I've uh, con- connecting deeper to myself I've realized, look, it's the same thing. Like I could have a wine now and it could be completely wrong. It could be completely different. It might not affect me the same way, but it was affecting me. And so for me, my intuitive gifts of like connecting to a higher source and allowing like if people don't know what um, like psychic abilities are is where you actually get visions or you get um, prompts to say something, so if anyone's been to a clairvoyant, the same sort of stuff happens to them. They get voices come through. I'm not saying every clairvoyant out there is uh, doesn't drink alcohol, because they certainly do. 
Um, it's just, for me, it's stronger when I don't. Mm. Um, and some amazing experiences have happened in that process. But will I ever drink again? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I do love the sounds of a freaking awesome organic bottle of red wine. A hundred percent, like on a Christmas or something. You asked me this the other day, is do you want to... Um, oh, I wouldn't mind getting... You said something about being tipsy. You said, I love that feeling of being tipsy. Yeah, and just so, like, I also haven't really drank You don't much. drink. You I, barely drink. I, yeah, I haven't When really, did you last have a drink? I couldn't even tell you. I, I probably... I, I can't Christmas. even remember in the last year. Maybe like May last year. So I'm not, I'm not a big business. drinker. But I said the other day, I was like, oh, I'd love to... It'd be fun to be tipsy again. Yeah. Um, just because I haven't had that feeling in a while. But like, I'm someone that can have one drink and then I'm like, I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good for the next two for months. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, like... It's interesting. I, when you say when you said that to me, I just got a little bit anxious because I'm like, oh, I just remember that person who like lost himself in that mm. moment of like, I I was so, I was starting to be someone else. You know, when you get drunk and you start yeah. showing having saying different yeah. things and you yeah. start having and you start to be jokes. like the more vibrant version of yourself that people because like, I was that person too. Like I was awesome when I was drunk. Yeah. Um, but then it. But you're awesome when you're not drunk. Thank you. But sober. yeah. But then it's like being able to be that person, which I feel like myself and you have embodied so much more. Yeah. Without true, any substance. True self-expression. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm helping people discover is true self-expression mm-hmm. to actually be able to express yourself without the need of alcohol liquid mm. courage whatever you call it it's a hard one i don't know if i'm going to drink or not yeah. if i'm you know i'm around a beautiful having a beautiful experience and i don't feel like i need to have my energetic gifts available to me um i don't know maybe mm. it's an interesting one but i'm not going to be i'm not one to I know I can get too caught up in the rules of around what I decide to do, mm. and so I'm being mindful of that. And as long as everything is in balance and I'm having a good time and I'm enjoying myself and I'm having laughed, because that's what life's all about. Mm. It's not so serious, right? Yeah. And I can get caught up in that serious game sometimes. So I'm just being mindful that I don't get caught up in those serious games. Yeah. And if the red wine appears in my in my field. <laughs> Um, I'll take it. Yeah. If if yeah, if it feels good at that time. Yeah, and it's like a decision based off of um, not wanting to enhance anything of yourself, but yeah. just experience the moment. I yeah, think. totally. And I think one thing that you shared with me this this with me earlier, I think, which would be really interesting for people to hear, is, you know, in the past year. What ha- what was like one of the most difficult moments that you face with the temptation? Because it's not like um, you, you were like, just I'm going to do a year with no alcohol, and then you know it just happens and it was easy. You, I think you face many moments of of temptation, of craving. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's not like you just decided and all the, the cravings went temptation. away. So like, what was one of the experiences that oh, you kind of so struggled funny. with that? Yeah, the biggest challenge. It was it was crazy. So for the Australians listening to this. There's a big rugby league series, uh, a yearly rugby league series going on for many, many, many years called the State of Origin. Um, So I finished off my high school in New South Wales. I moved to New South Wales when I was 14 and I stayed there for six years. My family still lives over there. Um, And so I got introduced to rugby league for the first time. And then I remember when I first started watching rugby league and and meeting my new schoolmates and all my new mates is like I got into the... I got into it so heavily, I started playing rugby league and then we mm. watched the State of Origin. That was like the last year the New South Wales Blues ever like won their tournament. And then for the next, the, for the next nine years or something, the Queenslander just took it away. 
So I watched every year growing up with a passionate following for the New South Wales Blues. And that, that ever since starting to watch, watch those games, I've always wanted to go to one live. Mm. And it just so happened to be last year. So one of my other good mates, Tommy Dare, him and uh, so he and I are very staunch New South Wales Blues supporters. Like to the point where I like I could only <laughs> probably ever watch a game with him because everyone else just talks too much. Um, me and him are just so. Of course, into you're it. that person. You just we just love so it, and seriously. we love like we send the funniest we send the funniest <laughs> messages back and forth to each other when we're not watching it together. Um, about like what like what each player means to them to put it in the most like non-crude terms. Oh my gosh! I yeah. think it's nice for people to hear this too because it's like it's so funny. I think what was it you did it. Tommy, Instagram. if you're listening to this, like I love our messages. <laughs> you did an Instagram post the them. other day as well. It was like I like to watch UFC because um, I think like on this path to like I'm not drinking alcohol. Like you oh also God. think like you have to take away all the things that like are who you are and yeah, make yeah, you yeah. fun, but you, you know, don't want to drink alcohol, but you still freaking love state of origin and you love sport and you love that experience and you love doing stuff with the boys like it doesn't mean that just because you're not drinking you have to take away that 100%. stuff you know you can still hang with the boys 100 percent, yeah um i just had to take some time i just had to take some time to figure out who i was mm. in that process sorry so, so interrupted next your story. year yeah so so last year was the first year they came to perth and i before i'd even oh my God. like as soon as i saw the tickets go up i said i'm buying two and i bought one for me and tom i didn't even know if he'd answered yet um, and I didn't even know if he was going to be home for it, but I just bought two and I figured I'll sell one. Yeah. And he was, he was home. And so me and him, and, and I, I didn't know I was, this is, I bought these well before I was doing the year of alcohol free. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to get on the piss hard <laughs> at the state of origin. Me and him are going to be hammered. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do the alcohol free. And then I realized a couple of weeks before state of origin, I'm like, fuck, I can't drink. <laughs> I can't drink the origin and something and that I've been waiting. Yeah, of course it happened like that, you know. It's like the pinnacle that you've been waiting for. 2004 was when I first started watching it and I'd always wanted to go to a game and that like was 2019 years. that it came to Perth. So 14 years, 15, 14 or 15, 15 years. 15 years I've been waiting for this moment to watch a game live and I can't drink, which has been the association between mm. me and rugby league instead of origin for, for the 14 years. And Tommy, so he had already been, well, I remember rocking up to the game, I was at my Blues Guernsey and I met him there and he was already drinking at the bar before. But thank the Lord, right? Tommy doesn't like drinking during the game at stadiums because he has to go to the toilet too much. See, this is why I love watching the game with him. Because he goes, he has to miss, he misses too much of the game. So he didn't drink with me. Oh, and I had nice. a coffee, I just grabbed a coffee, had my water and we were there. Frig, it was awesome. Like it was so friggin' good. Um, and he didn't drink anyway, so we didn't worry about it. It wasn't a thing. And then afterwards, mm. we both went home. Mm. But a big part of me before the game, when I saw him at the pub, I was like, fuck, man. I said to him, I was like, dude, dude this is tough. I was like, mm. this is tough, man, not drinking alcohol. And I don't know if he's he said stuff uh, outside of me and him, but he was so supportive. He just didn't mm, care about it. He didn't really care nice. that I was not drinking. But whether he talks shit behind my back, probably does. Says Luke is a dick. <laughs> what an idiot. Who does that? Did they um, win though? Did they oh my win god, we flogged them. Oh, so you even would have wanted to celebrate I too. I would have got so drunk. You were celebrating on the waters and the coffee. It was so good. Me and him were like jumping up and down on the tr every try they got. We were like hugging. I got goosebumps talking about it. It was just so fun. Um, but so, you know, that was the biggest challenge. I didn't really have any other challenges other than that. Um, there was no real... There was no real desire to be drinking. Maybe there was one little one when we had our um, my uncle's um, 
funeral. So all my family on the Maldi side got back together, and that's very rare. So we yeah. all were back in Perth, and they were all drinking. It's a big, like I said, it's a big drinking culture. Um, and I didn't engage in drinking with my family, and that's mm. something that I love. I love mm. when we're all together. I love when we're all hammered because everyone's so funny. Yeah. Um, so it took a lot of courage for me to rock up and say to them that I'm not drinking with you all, but I'm here yeah. with you all, and I'm here and we still have fun. Yeah. So that was a challenge, but I was there with them, yeah. 100%. And maybe when we um, hung out with my family in Canada too, when they were all mm. drinking. Yeah, I think I wanted to go for a beer with Jeff. Yeah, for my mum's 70th and my... They're by no by no means alcoholics, but you know it was a we were on a cruise and people yeah. were drinking and just saying no and and I think in that sense it's just finding do you find it hard like the having to explain yourself because people are like not oh anymore. why no it doesn't no. bother you no 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 mm. I've got over that shit of what people think um, I I used to yes mm. but not anymore like I'm explaining myself when I have the opportunity to explain what I do because I know it comes from a pure intention. And I have the opportunity to say that, say what my intention is to someone. I have the opportunity to help them change their life, mm. to give them the encouragement that they need in somewhere in their life to do mm. something similar. So if I'm there, it's, it's the same reason why people love motivational speakers, because they're coming from a place where they want to be mm. in some way, shape or form, not necessarily the same way. So it's almost like my way of being a motivational speaker. It's like if you stand in your truth and you just fucking own it, because you know you're coming from a good intention, why, why are you scared? Why yeah. would you be scared? Yeah. You're my motivational speaker. I am. <laughs> $1,000 right now. Um, I have... Okay, before we wrap up, um, I have one last question before the last question. So two, oh, last, so two, two more questions. Two questions. Okay, cool. Um, a lot of people associate drinking and alcohol with joy and and happiness yep. and excitement yep. and to a degree i would say that many people may find that the only aspects of true joy or excitement or happiness in their life are when they are around alcohol or have alcohol within situations or go and binge drink on the weekend or go and have a big night out and how would you help people navigate that if they feel like taking away alcohol is going to take away joy and happiness in their life? Mm -hmm. Very good question. Very good question. Thank That's you. A, uh, the perfect answer. So my, my belief and my perspective is joy and happiness is not connected to alcohol. It's connected to everything. Mm. When you decide that something outside of yourself is solely responsible for your joy and happiness, you are down a path of self-destruction. 100%. Whether that be alcohol, whether that be drugs, whether that be a person, whether that be a job, whether that be a car, a house, whatever it is. If that determines your happiness and joy, mm -hmm. you, you're not going to find it. Not in anything. Mm -hmm. The only place you find it is within yourself. My question to those people is, is this. If you need alcohol to give you joy and happiness... How can you find time to find joy and happiness outside of that? So not just necessarily dropping alcohol out, but looking at what other things give you joy and happiness. Mm. It was a lot for me. And so it's not to say drop alcohol because, it, because it, it, it's toxic and it doesn't, and, and it give, but it gives you joy, and, joy and, and fulfillment. Don't drop it for that. Start finding joy and happiness in something else. Mm. And that's, nine times out of ten something like a self 
self-care practice, meditation, uh, a workshop, uh, going to the beach for an early morning swim, mm. um, going camping, going hiking, whatever it is, going for uh, doing an adventure race, um, something social, going to an event. Try and find joy and happiness in other things now. Mm. And that way you're slowly starting to break the chain away from relying on that being the only source of your joy and happiness. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. When, when you start to do this, you start to see that there's other things out there for you. Because there is, 100% there is. Um, and that was the process for me. It was just finally just starting to disconnect from it. And then when you do have a drink your joy and happiness is already sustained. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the joy and happiness from a place of sadness or yeah. depression. Yeah. And that way you become less reliant on things. Mm. And maybe I just cracked the codes of addiction, I don't know. But, you know, this is, <laughs> no, look, so this is the thing. For the people listening to this, I love desserts. Yeah. Like, I love desserts. We both do. They give me a lot of joy and happiness. Yeah. Like plant-based desserts here in Bali oh God, are everywhere. So they're at every corner, and whatever cheap, it is. Delicious. And cheap. And so my, my desire for them became too much. I just started noticing that I was relying on them to have, to have more happiness, to give me more happiness mm. after dinner. And when I made that, what did I do? Made that, we made that decision. When I come to that deep realization, it takes yeah. me about, it takes me a few times that like noticing the same pattern come up, right? Yeah. So I notice it and I notice it and I notice my feeling and I notice my connection to it. I notice the attraction to what that object is, whether it's alcohol or in this case desserts. And then I'm like, okay, I see it now. And then mm. I shut it off. So where that comes from, maybe the same place that, come, that was craving alcohol. Mm. I don't know. But it requires, it required me to disconnect from something else that makes me happy. Yeah, and to kind of use not it because as it sounds like a sad. That sounds like a very sad statement. But it's because I'm happy before I need the desserts. So what I go do now is I go and practice contentment and happiness without the dessert. Mm. So then now when I have one, I know that I'm happy and content with or without it. Yeah. And that's the same thing. That is the root of all that is the root of all suffering is the attachment to that object. Mm. So allowing ourselves to detach from whatever it is and coming back to your truth, to your love, to your happiness, to your feelings mm. and being content with that. It's mm. the same reason why um, this is the same thing with, with money, right? You want to be a millionaire? Everyone wants, I mean, not everyone, I exaggerate that, but like a lot of people go, oh, if I win the lotto, especially where I'm from, country people, man, they love the lotto. And my mum says all the time, like, I want to win the lotto. You've already won the lotto. When you start relying on the lotto to make you happy, the lotto will never fix your unhappiness. Mm. Yeah? And, and so if you become so disconnected with your current present financial situation, and so much so that you're chasing more money, you're chasing a high paying job, you're chasing um, all the, the free raffles and, and the winnings of like the entries and the draws that can give you more money because money is connected to your happiness, right? Same thing. Mm. It's an object outside yourself connecting to your happiness. You become completely discontent, uncontent or whatever it is, discontent, unhappy, unsatisfied with your current situation. So, okay, what happens when you get the million dollars, your standards of living raise, you become more successful, more wealthy, whatever it is, you can afford more desserts and more alcohol and more holidays, 
but then all of a sudden your standard where that is at is no longer um, satisfactory. Mm. It no longer satisfies the needs for ha- or your desire for happiness. So now you chase something else. And so that is the problem with this society is we're chasing a cycle. Mm. We're chasing the ring, the loop that keeps going around and around and around. It's like a carrot on a stick and you're chasing it. Mm. Whatever it is. It's like snap the stick in half, throw it to the ground. Don't, you don't need the carrot. You need yourself and yourself only mm. and become content with where you're at now. Because when you do get the $1 million and you do get the, the house or whatever, the, the, the perfect career for you, the path, the mission, the business, you are not connected to that, making you so satisfied and happy. Yeah, 100%. Completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. I have. I, I had another. <laughs> I know you do. Thank you. I have a question that another question that popped up that I think is really powerful. A lot of people, <clears throat> like we said as well, rely on alcohol for a sense of deeper connection, for being able to have the courage to open up and talk about things. You know, like I know that I've done this in the past. I've not had the courage to speak about a situation sober, so I've waited until I, me and my friends had a few drinks to bring something up, to mm-hmm. have a deeper sense of connection mm-hmm. or to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So how, especially as a man, how do you practice that when you're taking alcohol away because some people might think that that takes away their ability to connect. So how do you start connecting without alcohol or without needing alcohol, relying on alcohol? Well, the first great um, moment is that you've actually realized you need alcohol to connect. Mm. That's the greatest achievement is you just finally built up the self-awareness to see what alcohol was doing to you and it was disconnecting you. For those people listening right now, if you do find that alcohol is helping you connect more, allow yourself to see where it does. What is it that you can't do without it? Write those things down, journal about it. What is it, you can't dance with it? You can't have a conversation about your past without alcohol? You can't talk about your disconnected relationship with your father? You can't talk about how your partner pisses you off without it? How your boss is a a shithead? Um, without it or you can't say those things to more people because mm. everyone can say things to their, their beloved that they spend 24-7 with or when alcohol comes out they, they actually tend to start getting more disruptive yeah. and angry and aggressive and they start saying things that they don't mean well people say oh you don't mean that why are you saying that when they're drunk right Yeah. and they release their truth mm. in those moments that very suppression in society is what is causing the issues in this world Mm. is we're suppressing our truth we're suppressing our emotions once you let that go you let that shit go that old story whatever it is that you're having to hold in great things happen and i'm telling you this from experience i never used to talk about my disconnected relationship with my father my relationship with my stepfather i never used to talk about any of that i never used to talk about publicly i never told people that i did drugs all my family can listen to this podcast and understand that now. I would never think of saying that. But you realize it's just one aspect of you, the story, your truth. It's just one aspect of you that's allowing you, once you do observe it, allowing you to come back to home, which is you as uh, your own true nature, how to express yourself, being you. So write down what it is that you can't do without alcohol. And then you find that one person, that, uh, that one friend, that one family member that's going to come to you and understand you. 
Mm. If you don't have that, go get yourself a mentor. Go get yourself a coach. That's all I did. All mm. my problems I'm talking, all my problems that got me through that year of like no alcohol or that year of um, mm. that 2018 when I said I was going through that deep journey of like going within myself. I had a, me- I had a coach. Mm. I worked with him like weekly, fortnightly and then monthly towards the end. I started hanging out with different people. People that were allowing me to express myself truly. Mm. And that allowed me to start disconnecting the need for alcohol mm. to bring that out in me instead. And I think as well, like practicing that muscle that we talk about of shame and vulnerability. Yeah. Like 100%. in little bits, you know, 100%. being vulnerable with that one person that you feel comfortable with in little aspects. And then the more that you practice that and release yourself of shame, the better you get at it mm-hmm. and the less reliant you are on something outside of yourself to be able to feel like you can be within your truth. Totally. It's a beautiful journey when you start showing up. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I, for the, to wrap it all up, I think if somebody was, I think you, you gave some really good points just before, but if someone's wanting to release their crutch on alcohol or on drugs or on desserts or on anything outside of themselves, you know, over the next few months, few years, whatever it is, what are a few takeaways that they can do, like three things that they can do in the coming months that can help them relinquish that reliance on something outside of themselves without having to be, you know, they might not be at the point yet where you were mm-hmm. at that it's like, I'm gonna do a year blank free, you know? What mm-hmm. are some things that you can start to relinquish that reliance on something outside of yourself? Yeah, cool. That's good, because we're not using just alcohol here. But so, if it is alcohol, so we're talking about you're wanting to take steps towards relinquishing the need to have something outside of yourself control you mm. or to for you to need something outside yourself whether it's alcohol a relationship is a huge one where you need your partner to make you feel good and worthy yeah um, and if she's not there or he's not there then you feel abandoned um, whether it might be sweets uh, Netflix is another one you need Netflix every night because mm. it's becoming a it's becoming a pattern um you know, it just depends where you are with whatever it is you're needing. So if you are needing, say, if you're wanting to shift, let's say needing, so if you're wanting to shift away from alcohol, we'll use alcohol because this is what the podcast is about, then go ahead and get yourself that one mad dog, that one friend that understands you. Like you, you got to remember to connect to that one person out there. They, they, like even if you are alone, that's okay. But let's say like if you've got that one person that understands you and that connects with you, go and have, have them come over, go for a coffee with them, whatever, and let them know what it is you're trying to achieve, right? Um, say you want to stop drinking as much or you want to have less nights on the piss, um, or you want to like diet culture? Diet culture is crazy. That's that's another aspect of like you want to actually eat more healthy. Um, find whatever that is, and then find that one support person. And even in your current group of friends, where some people might say they don't have friends that support them on their journey, or they don't understand where they want to go, and they're too scared to actually talk about it, just get that one person. All right. If you don't have that one person, get a mentor because the mentors will help you through that. Um, a life coach, whatever it is, they will guide you through that. A good one will. 
Now then you wanna to connect to why you're doing it. For me, I had an excuse. That excuse was doing um, four months because of my training. Like say you wanna do a marathon, you wanna do HBF run for a reason, whatever it is. Find a good enough reason why you wanna do that. And if you're gonna if you're gonna find a good enough reason, you're probably gonna see that it's not requiring much effort on your on your behalf. Like a lot of people who get, um, say say diabetes, they have to make drastic changes because they've got a strong reason why. Because death is imminent, mm. right? So um, if that and in that case, you have your connect to your reason why. So for my mine, it was because I wanted to cultivate more mental discipline and I wanted to can make sure my body uh, was energetically available, right? And in this spiritual growth and this personal growth year that I had it was so far in hands so far in hands so they're the two steps that I would really recommend people do is just to go and have a good reason why why it is because that if you've got when the why is big enough the how takes care of itself that's a that's a really powerful quote when the why is Mm. big enough the how takes care of itself find a good reason why and because this is around alcohol, you know my reasons now. Find your reasons why you don't want to disconnect mm. from alcohol. And then say, do dry July. Like there's a full month of it. You don't have to do a full year like me. Like big, like you don't have to go crazy. Do, um, it's like when people want to eat less meat. They go meatless Mondays. Yeah. Start small. Like I didn't go and do this straight away. Um, I just set a big goal to do it for one year. But I did so many small things before. Yeah. So like increments small one step a day and then over a year you've done 365 steps if you want to write a book write one page a day and over the year you've written 365 pages which is probably a book Mm. do you know what i mean so just take one step at a day don't go like oh my god i have to quit sugar i have to quit alcohol i have to quit food i have to quit netflix i have to quit my relationship i have to quit my old friend group you do not you just have to start making changes within yourself mm. so you can start quitting the desire and the need and the reliance on whatever that object is. Mm. And I like what you said too about like sharing with someone, you know, declaration, because I yeah. think that's a really... Accountability. Com- exactly. And a lot of people like, I think there's everyone probably can relate out you know, out there to this in the sense that you kind of make this goal in your head. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to eat dessert this week, but you only like tell yourself. Or you yeah. say, I'm going to go yeah, to the yeah. gym five times this week, but you only tell yourself. But then you don't follow through because you haven't said it out loud and declared it. Therefore, no one's keeping you accountable. Exactly. So like if you're really wanting to step into those intentions and bring those, um, you know, that change to fruition, declaration, you don't have to go announce it on Facebook and do... You should. <laughs> You should if you really want to make change. But you can, but you yeah. don't have to. But at least telling one person to keep you yeah, accountable yeah. is really Start positive. with one person. Yeah. But then once you build it up, it, will, it won't be a problem mm. to say it on Facebook. Yeah. It won't be a problem to sit there and do a dedicated podcast to it. Mm. I couldn't have done a dedicated podcast to this a year and a half ago because <laughs> I was still chicken shit. And I still didn't even really know myself. You definitely were chicken shit. I was chicken shit. I think I really like those three takeaways. So know your why. I, what find you your kind friend. Of, find your friend. Find your mad dog. Find your mad dog and declare as well. You kind of put in there as well. Small do the influence. small steps. Yeah. Do the small steps. You don't have to do a year. Yeah. You need first of all do a day or do a weekend or do mm. a month to help you get there. And I think that's, those are, you know, 
awesome to help towards alcohol free but really towards any intentions that you're trying to yeah. bring forward yeah for you sure. know those are really really tangible ways for people to bring their desires into fruition and mm -hmm. to feel more alive because Amen. that is a freaking goal mm -hmm. you know we have this um we have this one life you know in, in this lifetime if you did believe in other lives that's a different level but you know at this consciousness we have this one life and how much of it are you actually truly feeling mm -hmm. you know without any intoxication truly feeling every single day and the goal is to get to a point where you are present and and enjoy and in the state of love and in your true self-expression and truly feeling every single day which is what i love That's about your goal. podcast because you try and help people get there so that's the goal thank you for letting me interview you it's been thank you I think I do a good job. Mm -hmm, I like job, I like actually. a chat. Um, it's been it's been awesome having you in the hot seat, and you have so many knowledge bombs that are um, really valuable, and I think can very much relate to people that need to hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is stuff that maybe you aren't necessarily seeing on on podcasts now, because people like to talk about the big things like money mindset or like meditation or how to change your life, but like. You know, doing the things like this, doing your alcohol free and talking about how people can actually make those small changes to make the big changes yeah. to help them live in, into totally. a more dream life is so important. So thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for sharing and thank you for, you know, I think if you guys don't know, Luca is very much someone who puts himself first in the hot seat and challenges himself to go inwards every single day in every single challenging situation so that he can be the greatest version of, of himself so he can show up, mm. you know, in his work in his relationship with me and his podcast all those things mm. so you know you are listening to a very integral and embodied human being who's showing up here and I'm really proud to boast about you like that so <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed this it's been Thanks really fun that. on our part that was really cool well, yeah. we're going to do these weekly right yeah every Tuesday we decided I've set it I've set it up in my calendar to and it'd be do cool to know like topics, what other people what other people would like to know about you know whether 100%. whatever it is about your life or dm me on instagram actually mm. um at luca reedy dm me there follow me um tell me what you thought about this episode i would love to know what challenges you've had around this if you've shared a similar journey um share this with your loved ones 100 percent. and if you do rate this podcast i'm going to give this podcast a plug like ratings do help me um, share this message so if you can subscribe review and share mm. it with your loved ones that'll be amazing but definitely connect with me on instagram or check my website out whatever just to let me know where you're at i like to know what's happening on the battlegrounds you know like what's the real world problems what is prob mm. what are the people what are people having issues with um, so I pay attention to every conversation I have with someone. I have I pay attention to every issue that we we come across, and I yeah. think about hmm, are other people dealing with this? What's my perspective on it? I see things differently. I know that I know I have a different perspective, and I have the ability to see things differently. And that's why I, I can shed light on things differently, and I think that's what we need going forward mm. is to stop seeing things with the same glasses and start taking yeah. those glasses off, put new glasses on. And that is what I love. Have different perspectives. I love giving people a different perspective. And we'll talk about that maybe another one, like relentless optimism. Yeah. But until next time, my friends and family, if they're listening to, let's just go everyone's family. <laughs> <laughs> we um, are all 
thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate that. And this has been very, very fun. Mm. Again, thank you to the chickens. Yeah, shout out to the roosters. Shout out to the roosters. Showed up every 10 seconds. (laughs) That's what we wake up to. Gets a little bit more intense in the morning. There hasn't been too many other... Like the the really high pitch crickets. Yeah, hopefully the noises haven't been too bad. Or whatever they are. Yeah, I mean if they are, just accept it because that's nature. This is where we're at. The key, the message is more important than any of the distractions outside of us. Throw that in there. Mm. Um, and thank you. Until next time, have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful journey. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.